the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing and more. Some big headlines jump out today. FTX sues Bankman Freed's parents. It looks like they were part of his scam. And FTX wants to sell their Bitcoin holdings. FTX is being run by basically a bankruptcy corp at this point in time. If and when they sell all of their Bitcoin holdings, you're going to see a lot of fish swimming downstream. And it's very tough to make money going upstream. Elon Musk floats the idea of charging users for X. I love this idea. And I kind of I get it. It would kill the robots, right? Would it kill the hate speech just to hate speech? Or do people want to pay money to post hate speech? I had to do something recently with the IRS updating my taxes where they made me take a picture of my driver's license and a selfie of myself and upload it to them. And they now have me confirmed as who I am. I love that idea as well. Other big stories of note, Disney's going to invest $60 billion in theme parks and cruises over the next decade. Instacart's IPOs. I don't really know what that whole uh, missing F-35 story was about, other than it's an expensive plane. But sometimes you have to admit when you don't know something. Don't know if that makes any sense to you. Anyhow, and anyway, let's get on with the show. Let's take a look at yesterday a little bit before we take a look at today. We have the big question out there. Is September over? <laughs> and the answer is no. Um, Methinks the party is not going to get started till October. It's talk like a pirate today. And the NASDAQ was up just a skosh yesterday. Literally 0.01%. The SP 500 up 0.07 tenths. So seven tenths of 1%. Teeny tiny, tiny, teeny tiny. The Dow was up fractionally as well. So it was kind of the biggest sideways day I've seen maybe ever. When it's all said and done, nothing was really done. Senior Treasury sits at 4.309%. The stock market moving in the same direction as the 10 year Treasury. <clears throat> is typically not going to happen on the upside. Especially when you get into that 4%, 4 and a quarter percent range. I've got a lot of money in a money market fund waiting for that 10-year treasury to crack beneath 4% again. And if I think it's going to happen in the next year, I'm going to start moving it in the next six months because I look six months into the future like the stock market does. First six months of my investment, I don't even care about. I could have been off. I'm not trying to get the perfect price if that makes any sense. 
Um, what do we need to talk about? What do we need to talk about? Instacart's IPO could be a, the start of something. Sending more companies to the IPO market. It, it increases the speculation. Ultimately, I think it's a long-term bad thing for the stocks that I'm holding now. As someone who owns Apple may say, you know what? I've held this one long enough. It's time for me to move on to Arm Holdings or Instacart. There's only so many dollars out there. Uh, Chip design company Arm, which debuted last week, is the biggest IPO of the year, was the first venture capital-backed startup to go public in the U.S. since December 2021. So nothing came out last year. And nothing came out for the first nine months of this year. That's impressive. But IPOs aren't going to start getting speculative. Now, again, this is brought up because you could tell the NASDAQ was ready to fall in 1999 because every kind of dot-com company was coming out. There was dot-com companies doing smell on the internet. Smell on the internet. Seems like a bad idea. Guess what? It was a bad idea. Worthy of note. Um, Instacart's coming out to kind of help Sequoia Capital, who is basically flubbed it. They overpaid in 2020 investment rounds, um, and they've seen their investment shrink considerably from 50 million all the way down to 12 million. Ron released prisoners yesterday. They got six billion dollars for doing so. Came as part of a deal that released five Iranian prisoners in the U.S. and allowed South Korea to hand over $6 billion it owed Iran for oil purchase before the U.S. imposed sanctions in 2019. So it's not like we were holding the money. I, I kind of get both sides of that argument of not, not get, you know. Um, this is a weird story. Canada's Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. It said his government's investigating credible allegations that agents from the Indian government were responsible for killing the Hardeep Singh Najir a Canadian citizen who advocated Sikh separatism. So basically an assassination in Canada. Dun, dun, dun. Ordered by diplomats or executives out of India. That seems kind of shocking, right? That seems out of a book. I know you're not, not quite. I mean, is anyone else with me? Elon Musk is looking kind of odd these days. His face is getting more full. Um, very much so like Larry Ellison, but Larry Ellison's a lot older than him. But then again, Elon Musk is in his 50s and acts like he's in his 30s. So I guess age truly is just a number. He hosted a talk with Israeli prime minister at a Tesla factory in California. Went into the whole X world. <clears throat> I'm having problems taking him seriously at this point in time. Just throwing that down there for you. Um He's he's too dramatic. Um, having read Walter Isaacson's biography, I think the thing that I got out of it is the guy needs drama in his life. He can't go 48 hours without drama. He can't go 48 hours without being the center of the detention. Uh, Fed meeting starts today, ends tomorrow. No one really expects anything other than an update on the dot plot, i.e. where some of the people think interest rates are going in the future, i.e. when can we expect interest rates to go sideways? down and that will help mortgages it'll help borrowing costs but i'm telling you i don't think the fight with inflation is over um it's not i think we have a little way to go i think gasoline's about to rear its ugly head again 
rental costs are coming down slowly. So don't expect a lot from the Fed in 2024 until you start seeing the jobless numbers go to 4%, 4.5%, 5%. And then you'll see the Fed crack. And we are slowing down. Retail sales from the first month of the year, January, One. through August, has seen a trending slowing down. So Americans are cutting back. Um, what else do we have to hit? Two-year Treasury notes at 5.08%. Ten-year Treasury is at 4.3%. Oil sits at $91.82 a barrel. That's inflationary. 30. There's a lack of growth in housing starts in August. Total starts declined 11.3%. I think you'll see the housing numbers, um, the home builders say, we're confident when they see the dot plots start to move down. That's why we watch this thing called a dot plot. It's literally just a chart with dots on it. It's kind of cool. Shows you where their interest rates are now, and it shows you months in the future where they think they're going to be, and they plot the dots. We'll find that out tomorrow afternoon. So we got to get through today. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening. Try to do a show that contains investment advice, financial strategies. You have to earn more. You have to save more. You have to invest more in my world until you feel that you're financially wealthy. And then you can take your foot off the gas because my goal for you is to get you to retirement, let's say 60, and have you have enough money to live till the day you die. I don't know how many times I'm going to go around this thing called the sun, but I can tell you, um, I believe I have uh, one body and that's it. And I I want to enjoy 60 to 100. Uh, Being born a male, I have the gene that kind of, I want to be the protector of my family. And that's financially speaking. And I want my kids to have a better childhood than I did, which hopefully leads to a better adult life than I did. My big regret is looking back and saying, I worked too much. I didn't settle down early. Didn't have kids in my 20s or 30s. It's not a regret that, like, I'm not looking for you to go boo-hoo. That's not the goal of that. Um, I've partnered with some pretty good people in my lifetime. CFP Chad Burton. His CFP knowledge base is unbelievable in wealth management. And I think he's really good at explaining things. Going to try to have him on the show this coming Friday. If he can find the time. Because he's doing things in his life that are important to him on top of being a CFP. Like taking his kids to college. Um, And getting married this year. Nope, next year. Um, It's crazy how fast this year went, right? China's former... Foreign minister ousted after an alleged affair. That story means nothing to me other than it gives me a quick second to tell you. Uh, China and the United States, if we can close our financial differences, it would be best for both countries. The unfortunate part is through the years is China has always leaned on us to be more consumers of their goods. 
than they've been on consuming our goods. To the point that some American companies have been there and had to leave, like Google. Not a match made in heaven when you have a communist party that doesn't want its people to have strong opinions, especially against communist parties. And you're a company called Google who says, hey, we believe in privacy and we'll store your information on your emails. Disney's going to invest $60 billion, $60 billion into their theme parks and cruises over the next decade. You think Wall Street loves that or hates it? Hates it. Stocks trading lower again, which is unbelievable. This is a global brand, and I'm not saying they've been mismanaged, but I think they've hit the point where people are just tired of seeing the price increases. I was reading some European father over the weekend, got a story into the newswires that he took his family to uh, Disney Paris and basically dropped $5,000 because he got like the super pass or the genie pass, genie lightning pass. And it got him into the front of the line and he goes, what did I just do? That's a lot of money. And I completely agree, especially since this is a goal about getting into retirement. The Disney's doubling their investments in parks and cruises. They've been great performers. They're going to spend $60 billion over the next 10 years. The thing that I like about this is Iger um, is telling us what he's doing. It's not a mystery. Not doubling their investment in streaming. So we kind of get an idea of where their priorities are right now. Interesting to talk about other stories of note today. Um, let's do a quick market update. It's a wait and see ahead of the Fed meeting tomorrow. Rising oil prices and market rates keep stocks in check. There's relative weakness from the mega cap tech space today. If I were to tell you, let's take a quick look. I'm seeing Amazon down 2.5%, Microsoft down 1%. NVIDIA down two-thirds of a percent. Google down one-fifth of a percent. Apple down fractions. Let's see, who did I miss there? Meta. Uh, Meta's up slightly. And also didn't get Tesla. For some reason, I don't like tracking Tesla. I feel like I don't... I, I know that I own it in an S&P 500 fund. Um, but I don't feel... I know the price on a day-to-day basis of it. Just throwing that down there for you. Other stories of note, Target pulls its holiday deals to early October ahead of Amazon and Walmart. Isn't that crazy? I remember when Christmas started uh, the day after Thanksgiving. Now it's in October. Target's fall deals called Circle Week will run from October 1 to October 7. You got to wonder if they're going to do it again after Black Friday, and you kind of assume that they will. Americans expected to tighten their purse strings this holiday season, meaning getting a head start will be important for retailers. As they vie for consumer buckaroos, MasterCard released its annual holiday sales forecast. They predict retail sales will grow 3.7% this holiday season. That runs from November 1 to December 24. 
That's down from growth of 7.6%. So 3.7 this year, 7.6 last year. Still not spending like drunk sailors, but we are spending. And again, how does a drunk sailor really spend? I want to know. Let's do a quick little chit chat about strategy. Um, my father's passed away. My mother's passed away. And I've been a little depressed lately, I think, because I'm starting to see like I don't have loved ones that are from my blood near me. I have loved ones that I've created and a family that I've created. And I'm dealing with a little grief. It's kind of interesting, right? Um, now, I inherited money from my mother um, because my father, when he died, it went to my mother. And when my mother, she died, it went to her children. And inheriting money has a lot of mixed emotions. What I decided to do with my cut, which was over $400,000, was to put the money into a fund that creates income for me and my family to spend on a yearly basis and just to remember her when we do it. When you inherit money, do you want it to change your lifestyle? That's a big question that you want to ask yourself before you inherit money. Are you looking for money to make you happy or are you looking for money to take care of you in your retirement years from age 60 to 100? I wanted to honor the individual that I inherited it from, more so my mother than my father. My father's been dead for 25 years. In 20 years from now, when I'm getting ready to pass, my kids will be able to look at it and say, this is from Rob's mother. <laughs> my mom's name, Eunice. Don't say that one on the air very often, and please don't tell friends. Ten. Very Southern name, very Southern woman. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archived podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth's certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. A little bit shocking, but true. Nearly half of Americans have made an impulse purchase after seeing a product on social media. I feel like social media is very much so like late night TV, right? Where you see an influencer with this incredible pillow, how it cures neck pain, and you're like, wow, I have neck pain. I should probably get that. Then you get it, and it's incredibly disappointing. I don't know how I got this because I'm not a guy who ends up. It's not random. It somehow got in my house. I have a my pillow pillow. Personal review, it's the worst pillow in the house. Just throwing that down there, and I don't I know I didn't buy it, so it had to come with something. But I, I don't quite understand how that could be. Very weird, very weird, right? Nearly half, 48% of US adults say they've impulsively purchased a product they saw on social media. 68% of those buyers say they've regretted it. And when I saw this number, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I've really bought anything on social media. And then I thought about it. And one of my kids two or three years ago got like a slushy cup, which is basically a rubbery, malleable cup that you can put a soda in and it turns into a Slurpee. And he used it five times, never again. Landfill. And one of my children has some sensory issues with audio loud noises. And it's overwhelming for him to be at a concert. And we like to go to concerts in my family. And my spouse saw some earplugs on social media called Eargasm. 
And uh, no, it's not sexual. Get your head out of the gutter. Um, they're really cool and they're almost invisible. And those worked really well. Um, but I throw that down there for you because, you know, the average American, the the average purchase was $754. No, 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 no. The uh, total 12 months on social media purchases have added up to $754. Around one quarter of impulse buyers spent at least $500. If you can wait 24 hours before buying something, you'll go further in life. Because you'll cut down on the things that you're picking up. I thought that was kind of an interesting little study. Um, Because I wouldn't have thought that. I mean, if you add that number up, just to give you an idea of how much money that truly is, it's like the size of Slovenia's GDP. It's not inconsequential. In fact, I would say it's very consequential. In the past 12 months, American adults have spent $71 billion on impulse buys based on what they saw on social media. It's a lot of money. Let's move forward, shall we? You know, I was talking about the death of my mother and inheriting some money. Um, I was talking about how emotionally made me feel. Um, I wanted to honor her. I didn't really look for it to make me happy in the moment. I could have gone out and got a Lamborghini or two. I chose not to. I changed my lifestyle. I didn't buy a jetpack. Um, I'm feeling more grief today than I did at the time of her death because her time of her death was during COVID. Um, so I got some issues there, <clears throat> but on some bigger issues, um, tax consequences. Um, my brother, David is an attorney, so he handled the will. Um, I'm the financial guy. So I showed him how it was going to break down due to the size so I was using a little CFP magic that I've learned from Chad and EP Wealth. And we talked about how none of the family members were going to have to pay taxes, which was good. It was under the estate tax taxable level in the state of Virginia where she passed. There was no individual retirement account to pass on. It was all in regular accounts. Um took about 16 months to settle, which is really a long time because the courts of Virginia don't do in-person meetings anymore. So you can't go in and get things stamped. You have to send them via mail due to COVID. But if you inherit an IRA, you probably need to talk to a financial planner. In my opinion, it helps. You have to decide if there's capital gains tax. If you sell inherited property or stocks, there might be capital gains tax implications based on the difference between the inherited value and the selling price. In our case, there was because we own shares of my mother owned shares of Apple. And in that 16 months, it went up. So another reason why we had to wait to file the final tax report for 2023, uh, for 2022 taxes in 2023, you get the idea. Uh, didn't really use a, a bunch of advisors, but my brother Dave's an attorney and I would call myself a financial advisor. But if I had further questions, if it was a complicated estate, I would have talked to someone at EP Wealth or CFP. Um, I didn't want to give it all away. I wanted to give away a part of it in honor of my mother. 
but I wanted to keep some to support my children and support the memory of her to them. My mother was a very special person. Um, none of my brothers and my sister, me and my sister and my brother David are really close, but the other three brothers I'm not really close with. I don't know their financial situation. If they were to come to me asking me for money, I probably would give them nothing, even though I could definitively afford it because I haven't had a relationship with them in 20 years. So they're, you're more family than they are, if that makes sense. When my father died 25 years ago, we stopped being a family and we kind of all went on our own. Uh, one thing that I think is all, always kind of cool is part of the money that my kid, my mother gave us is that can go to fund the kid's college. I can say my mother paid for your college, your grandmother, that you've only met two or three times in your lifetime. Um, so using it for education is great. If my mortgage rate was six, seven percent, I could have paid down a mortgage debt, but my mortgage rate's at two and a half, three and a half percent. So I didn't eliminate any debts on that. I didn't plan a family vacation. I'm, I want to plan lots of family vacations. So I'm having it earn 10% a year, eight to 10% in income. And we're taking the gains out of that and, and hopefully spending it intelligently. Um, get a little capital growth in there on occasion. It's got some stocks, but mostly income. Um, until the interest rates go lower, then I'll eliminate the income and put those in stocks. So I have a clear-cut strategy of how to honor my mother. Hope that helps you figure out how you're going to do it. The 2023-24 election cycle is forecast to bring in $10.2 billion in political ads. That's a 13% jump from the 2019-2020 elections. That's a lot of money. Now, that goes into TV, radio, digital, and CTV spend. Ad Impact projects $5.1 billion will go to broadcast, $1.9 billion cable, $1.3 billion on CTV, and $1.2 billion on digital, $361 million on radio, $210 million on network cable, and $100 million on satellite. Having done this for many, many years, working in media, financial media, one of the more interesting twists that I just kind of talked about is cable media. CTV means connected TV, which refers to, to uh, that connect to the internet, giving users the ability to access streaming apps. You're going to see a lot of spend um, is what I'm getting at. And I, I is there an investment angle? Hell yeah, there's an investment angle. Working in television, I can tell you that whenever there's an election in California, we see a lot more political ads. The company that I work for in television is Nexstar, which is rumored to buy Disney's ABC, which would be very interesting because San Francisco already has an ABC market. Would they keep the ABC market that's in place or would they switch it over to Cron? Uh, the station that I work with, KRON, I should probably explain that on occasion because I don't think it's self-explanatory to our outside listeners. Um, <clears throat> but the cable TV ad spend in political numbers, one of the best channels that as a financial person who represents last New Focus Financial and now who represents EP Wealth, the Golf Channel was a great spend. Anytime we'd have seminars, you could run an ad on the Golf Channel and 
uh, men who watch golf, and I'm, I guess some women too, they tend to be affluent. They tend to be the right audience. So if you ever have a product that you want to sell to rich people, consider advertising on Comcast or on the Golf Channel. You get what I'm picking down, picking up. Eat on my YouTube channel yesterday. It's a 15-minute conversation with Adam Phillips from EP Wealth. You can give a view of it over at YouTube channel Rob Black Show. YouTube channel Rob Black Show. So what else do we have to hit today? I think we've hit, oh, Apple. Interesting, uh, the reviews are starting to come in on the Apple Pro, Apple 15 Pro Max. And I told you that I got to hold one on the first day that it was out. And it 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 almost weighs nothing. And it's interesting that the reviewer said lighter weight makes a huge difference. So the two Pro iPhones are significant year-over-year upgrades with improvements to the camera, improvement to the physical body, and a new button. The high-end models are much lighter in weight, which really makes a big difference during daily use because I, I have my phone in my hand all through lunch. Um, if you're ready to upgrade, the people at CNBC say they're good pro- products on the Pro Upside model. They like the titanium. Isn't that funny? The lighter weight is all that in a bucket of chicken. Zoom, also really attractive on the camera. If you tend to take a lot of pictures of your kids playing soccer and you want to zoom in and get a good quality picture, the Zoom is a nice upgrade. I'm Rob Black. Questions about Social Security? Check out the Social Security Retirement Guide at robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. No one's favorite topic is taxes. Is that fair to say? When your financial life is complex, Trying to decrease your tax liability requires a strategic plan. I talked with the tax planning team for an in-house video at EP Wealth. And I was impressed with uh, how big the team is, how they've been growing, and how you implement tax planning strategies into wealth management and investment planning. You likely know that a well-diversified portfolio has multiple types of assets, different types of classes. It'll balance growth and mitigate risk. Um, I use EPL for my financial planner. And for me, a lot of financial planning is about my kids' college costs, setting up a state plan for when I die, Um, setting up a state plan that is probably a little bit more intricate for when my spouse passes because I'm expecting to outlive her. may not happen that way. Um, But also tax planning. I have access to private equity, private debt, private real estate. Um, we have a lot of services that no other financial planner has ever had. That's why I agreed with CFP Chad Burton that this was a good firm for us to move into. And I have no regrets. So tax planning tips, if you ever get to listen to a annual tax planning Zoom call, If you notice you have an account with Fidelity or Vanguard, if you're doing it yourself, they probably send you out emails that say, hey, we have a webinar on tax planning. Strongly consider watching that. I know if you go to epwealth.com, epwealth.com, you can find some of our videos and seminars that we put on for clients there. Um, And there's a lot of free information there. If you ever want someone to talk to about, would you benefit from a CFP? 
give me a holler and I'll, I'll give a 20, 30 minute call for you on zoom. Or if you live somewhere in within an hour of driving distance, I'll come and buy you lunch because uh, I'm passionate about this. I want you to know stuff before you retire, not after you retire, even though I want you to know stuff after you retire, I still want you to know stuff before you retire. So consider you'll see seminars from your brokerage account. If you're especially if you're doing it yourself and you have a sizable account, I know they're, they're targeting you. They'll do things on cybersecurity. They'll do big events on the 2023 year in tax planning tips. Uh, you will gain knowledge from these events. Don't feel like you have to do it. And if you hear the word annuity, turn around and run. But you will get learn knowledge from this. I promise you that. Let's do some um, other stories. For instance, what is the standard tax deduction for 2023? I think that's important stuff for you to know. To make your decision, you have to figure out, you know, where you fall. Standard deduction. If you don't itemize deductions, but there's some exceptions to that general idea. Exceptions are where taxes make me crazy. How does the standard deduction work? Your filing status is important. Whether you're doing it solo or as a married couple, whether you're 65 or older, uh, whether you're blind, whether another taxpayer can claim you as a dependent. For single married filing separately, your standard deduction is 13,850. For married filing jointly, your standard deduction is 27,700. Now, if you're a qualifying widow or widower, that still holds. If you're the head of the household, it's $20,800. There's some nuts, nuts stuff going on in taxes. Is there, is there not? Two changes too much. Um, I used to do my own taxes on TurboTax until I was 30, 30, yeah, 30. And that's when it started getting complicated. I didn't get married until my 30s. And I didn't have kids until my 40s or late 30s. You get the idea, right? I had real estate. My most complicated part of my business or my life was I had a business that was in Oregon as well as California or the state of Washington, California. And also I had some filings there. I had a corporate K-1 filing that had to go into my TurboTax. But also on top of that, I had some real estate back on the East Coast. So TurboTax was able to handle it, but it, TurboTax can't handle me anymore. I got my fingers in too many pies. And I love pie. My favorite pie chart is how much pie I eat. And my second favorite pie chart is what type of pies I like. And for the record, apple cinnamon crunch is my favorite type of pie. If anyone ever wants to bring me a pie, I will not say no to pie but I won't eat it because I don't know you. So idiot. Anyway, Elon Musk is floating the idea of charging users for X. I really like this idea. Um, it's probably the only way to clean up some of the hate speech and some of the problem with bots there. Um, but Elon Musk is looking weirder to me. Like something's wrong with it. His, his face is looking fuller. Email me, Rob at Rob Black Show, if you think I'm right or if I'm wrong. I don't think it's Ozempic. It's something else. Um, Instacart prices their IPO at $30 a share at the top end of the range. I think that's a pretty big story today. The Dow is sliding 200 points. 
um, as investors are a little bit on the edge about the, what the Fed will do, there is a chance the Fed raises interest rates one more time if gasoline prices continue to push higher and oil prices continue to push higher. That's inflationary. But that's inflation that they really can't control. So when you look at the Fed fighting inflation, they're not a member of OPEC. Pringles just unveiled a $140 limited edition collaboration with a caviar company. Oh, my goodness. Do you remember the first time you had Pringles? For me, it was in the 1970s. Might have been 1980s. I might be remembering that wrong. Early 80s. I'm guessing it's the early 80s. And you ate one, you're like, dang, that's a good chip. 30. Um, but Pringles sending you a tube of Pringles with a side of caviar. Holy mackerel. Do those really go together? I guess so. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Need a referral to a financial planner? Drop me an email, Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. Till tomorrow. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.